Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On this episode, Pod Squad member Lacey Ellenwood talks with Lucy Isadora, the state's resident zine queen. Don't know what that is? Well, stay tuned to find out all the interesting details right here on this episode of Stacks and Stories. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Lacey Ellenwood. I'm the Library Development Director here at the Mississippi Library Commission, and it is my pleasure to be talking with Lucy Isadora. She is probably Mississippi's resident zine queen. (laughs) I'm just going to say it now. So it's been said, and um, today we're going to talk a little bit about what zines are, kind of the zine culture across Mississippi, and then Lucy's going to tell us a little bit about an exciting library program that she's having at the Jackson Hines Library in February. So we'll kind of just get started. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your professional background, Lucy. Yeah, so I am a very recent college graduate, and I teach eighth grade English in JPS now. Wow. So are you a graduate from Southern or? From Millsaps. Okay. That's what brought me to Jackson. I'm from Memphis originally. Okay. Um, So just for those people that maybe don't know what a zine is, um, could you explain a little bit about what exactly is a zine? This is my favorite question to answer because it is really, really hard to define. A zine is, zines are a medium just like any other artistic medium and it can be really hard to define them. But usually zines are, it's short for magazine. So think about a magazine type format. Usually they're made by the same people that publish and assemble them. So like I will lay out a zine, I'll write everything that goes in it. And then I will also do the printing, work out who it goes to, where the circulation is happening, and like go as far as like folding and stapling them. So like mm-hmm. usually it's just one pe- person or like a small group of people that make a zine. Um, small circulation, usually less than 5,000, um, and generally about a niche topic. So zines originated in the 1940s with science fiction culture culture. Oh wow. As that sort of like fandom culture was emerging, obviously no internet and so people would write these fanzines, fan magazines about various authors they liked and like pulp pieces that they had read that they really enjoyed and people could submit to them. And so that is sort of where zines cropped up. But now they um, have roots in all kinds of sort of subcultural things, including probably most famously and notably um, punk rock and DIY culture. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely when I was doing some research for a podcast. It was something that was kept coming up was um, it being a very DIY culture or do-it-yourself culture um, with a group of people that really kind of had a passion about the same sort of topic, whether that was music, art, poetry. But yeah, how did you get involved in zine culture? So... Mm, I'll tell you a story. Sure. Picture this. Stories are great for podcasts. (laughs) I I am 14. I am at the Cooper Young Street Festival in Memphis. It was September, so in Memphis, that means it was like just burning, blazing hot. (laughs) And I was truly just like sweating nonstop. And it was awful. And I was feeling myself getting sunburned. And I was desperate (gasps) 
for like any kind of shelter. And so me and my friend went into Goner Records. Okay. I'd never been in there before, didn't know anything about it. And so we went in literally just to use their air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And we kind of looked around and they didn't have anything that they didn't have any Paramore CDs and they they didn't have any My Chemical Romance. So I was like not really interested. But I felt bad leaving without buying anything because we had just like like obviously nobody wants a bunch of kids running around their store and I knew that I was the same way (laughs) and so I bought this like comic thing that they had on the rack at the front called cram hole I bought numbers one and two because they were only four dollars a piece and I had like 10 bucks cash with me Mm -hmm. Um, and so I bought them and I read them like literally on the sidewalk outside it did not look like professionally drawn or anything. Right. Everything about it was very interesting to me. And so I kept them for a really long time and like sort of eventually kind of figured out what a zine was, but still didn't really like know that much about like where to find one or like why they were different from books or whatever. Um, and then when I was 18 and I moved out, um, I found myself going back to Um, Goner Records whenever I was home because that was the music that I ended up really missing and so I would buy just like any zine about punk rock that they had yeah Um, and so that is really how I got into zines is I started buying zines um, at Goner and then the more I bought them the more I wanted to buy (laughs) and then eventually maybe a couple of years of just buying and reading And then finally I was like, hmm, maybe I could make a zine. And so I was like really annoying and like bugged my friends about it for like a month until finally they were like, please, oh my God, just make a zine. We're so sick of hearing about it. Just stop talking about it. I will help you make (laughs) the zine happen. And so while I was at Millsaps, I did a zine called Millsaps Now, which was um, sort of like an anti-creative publication there in that I told people to submit their like worst writing and like dumbest drawings and like any garbage that they had created and Mm -hmm. like did not want anyone to see um and I published all of this stuff anonymously so like nobody's name was on any of their work um and I would make one let's see I think we did six or seven of them before I finally just like didn't have the time to do it anymore but it was that was really fun and then after a couple of issues of that working with other people to make a zine I decided to make my own and um I sold it at Offbeat here in Jackson and yeah, now I make zines a lot. I started learning about zines because I was very interested in riot girl culture when yeah, I was younger. Big time. And so that was a big part of that movement as well, was having these kind of creative ways of expressing feminist viewpoints and kind of that side of punk and rock music. So that's kind of where I ended up becoming interested in zines. But um, I'd be interested to know what you know about the zine culture in Mississippi, if there even is one, what about zines in other areas of the state, um, that kind of stuff. After I was making zines for a little while, I changed my name on Instagram to Mississippi Zine Queen. That's why Lacey called me the Mississippi Zine Queen. Totally (laughs) self-selected title. No one made me this Mississippi Zine Queen. As things tend to go, that sort of drew Mississippi people to me on social media, and it drew zine people to me. And so I met a lot of people through Instagram who were making zines. Mm -hmm. Um, Carla Keffer is somebody I met early on. We've never met in real life, but she makes an awesome zine called, I think it's the real Ramona zine. Let me check on my phone to make sure. sure. Do you know where she's based out of? She's based in Hattiesburg. Yeah, just the Ramona zine on Instagram. um, And she publishes her comics that way. 
Um, there are people in Jackson through Central Mississippi Antifa who make zines and have been kind enough to give me their zines. If you get in touch with them on Facebook, probably they will give you zines as well. And then I sort of randomly got hooked up with the Hattiesburg like punk scene. I don't yeah. know if you know much about those people, but um, a lot of great punks in Hattiesburg who just throw shows at their houses. Um, and they, a few years ago, had a zine swap show. Oh, wow. Where everybody made a zine and um, brought it to the show, and then everybody got to take one home. And kind of blindly, this guy, Hampton, who is now a good buddy of mine, messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, somebody told me you're the Mississippi zine person. I don't know, but would you come to the show? Would you bring a zine? And I did, and um, got a lot of cool zines through that. So I think there are a lot of people in Mississippi who make zines. Yeah. There's just, we're not so connected because there aren't a lot of like zine events to kind of bring people right. together. Right. I'm a big fan of any zine library just because I know that they are a ton of work to run if you're like outside of a public library. Um, the Barnard Zine Library is really cool because it is all, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is maybe <laughs> asterisk on this one. Um, it's all like feminist zines and zines by um, women or like non-men. And um, they just have a very expansive, very cool collection of stuff from... I mean, like, all the way from, like, the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. up till now, which is amazing. Barnard also keeps a list of zines that are in other countries yeah. and across the United States as well. So Majorly. if you, like, want to kind of do a deep dive into, gosh, I wonder what a zine looks like in the UK or something like that, they do kind of keep a catalog of information around that. Um, they have some good articles within there. Mm -hmm. uh, they just, it's a good, it's got a lot of good information, as any library should. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy is going to be hosting hosting a program in February at the Eudora Welty Library in downtown Jackson. Um, do you want to tell a little bit about what that program yeah. is going to be, who should come, those kinds of things? Um, so I have been able to team up with Central Mississippi Antifa, once again, to um, sort of organize and host this zine workshop. It's happening on February 29th, which is a Saturday, at the Eudora Welty Library on State Street um, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, and my plan is to bring a bunch of zines, so you will have the option of just reading zines from my personal collection if you would like to um, and then also we're going to have supplies for people to make their own sort of like eight page single sheet zines um, kind of the like most entry level format or like the most basic format of zine to make mini zines um, and there will be snacks and there will be fun and if you've never made a zine and if this is your first time hearing about a zine or if you are a seasoned zine maker I would love for truly if you're interested at all to come mm -hmm. um, it would be great if we could make it a regular thing so I'm hoping people will come out yeah that sounds really great yeah are you kind of keeping your zines safe like are you are you chronicling them and keeping them and cataloging them because you know that's kind of how people get yeah. zine libraries at universities it's is that they tend to be personal collections that somebody has acquired and then they donate them someplace and yeah. then they get a zine library. So I've been collecting zines for, like, officially, I guess, for about five years now. Mm -hmm. um, and so... At first, I had them in a shoebox, and then they outgrew that. And kind of everything I put them in, they outgrew very quickly. Um, and so now I have a gigantic filing cabinet that okay. sits in my living room. It has 
at last count, about 220 zines inside. Um, I have stuff from all the way from the 70s up until now. I have stuff from France, from the UK, from Germany, from Finland. I also have stuff from all over the country, stuff that I have personally traded for, stuff that I have like randomly found at comic book shops, stuff that I have bought in bulk at zine stores. Mm -hmm. My There are some stores around the country that are like dedicated more towards zines and when I go to like Quimby's in either New York or Chicago or um, Freedom Books in the UK I truly just buy en masse and bring it all back to my house Um, I would love to tell you that it's all cataloged but every past attempt has been unsuccessful if you would like to come help me catalog my zines this is an open call I'm a desperate woman I don't have the time for it um it's gotten to the point now where I mean the Mississippi zine queen thing has been kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because now people are just like oh Lucy zines and just if they come into possession of a zine at all usually it makes its way to me they gift it to you yeah. take good care of this zine which is great do you connect with other people yeah and then absolutely they send you a zine and then maybe you send them some stuff from here there are a lot of really great um, Facebook groups Mm -hmm. um, dedicated to zine makers. I'm in, I think, Zines A Go Go and maybe Zine Love Chat is the other one. And basically anytime I make something new, I post and say, hey, I have this new zine. Does anybody want to trade? And I have met a lot of really cool zine people that way. Mm -hmm. um, Somebody that I consistently trade with is Bobby Bergeron, who makes um, Paranoid's zine in New Orleans. It's a really cool um, local zine all about New Orleans punk rock and heavy metal um and he's just a cool dude and it makes me happy like every couple months i get a zine in the mail from him oh yeah i love getting stuff in the mail isn't that good mm-hmm. it's a lost art and i think zines it are is. really keeping it alive well i want to thank you for joining us today and talking to us about zines and um i hope everybody goes out to lucy's program yeah. at the Dora welty library saturday february 29th um, thank you for sharing all of your zine knowledge with us. Hey, thank you. And actually, to say thank you, I brought you some zines. Ah! Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. And we encourage you to visit your public library often. 